You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan-sided network. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is Timberwolves game day. The Wolves are in Sacramento for a back-to-back against the Kings Tuesday and Wednesday night. Carlton Towns should play. It does not sound like he's going to be on the injury report at all um, after his uh, his knee-to-knee contact late in the game on Sunday. So it's a very winnable game for the Timberwolves at Sacramento, although the Kings are coming off a big win on Sunday. Um, so we'll preview that game here at the end of the show. First, I want to hit a couple of, of uh, interesting slash kind of I don't know, maybe not, fun's maybe not the right word. A couple of interesting topics off the top here. First, I want to talk Timberwolves draft history. And and we all know that the Timberwolves have had a poor draft history, and that's putting it really lightly. However, had a writer at Dunkin' with Wolves, which is where I'm the co-editor, put together uh, an analysis of every single draft pick in Wolves history and the selection that was made right after, immediately after. So it's not the, oh, the Wolves picked first and they missed on, you know, list the six guys who made all-star teams in the rest of the draft because that would be easy for every team. Every team's missed, right? How many teams passed on Tony Parker? How many teams passed on, I mean, literally every team, I think, passed on Jokic, who was a second-round draft pick, right? Um, So it'd be easy to do that. However, how many years were the Wolves one pick off? from picking the right guy. That's a really interesting and and somewhat uh, depressing, I guess, study. So we're going to do that here first. And then I want to I want to spend the middle part of the show talking about, again, Anthony Edwards' offensive game. I feel like we do this every couple of weeks, but it's relevant. Um, and, and as much better, as, as much as Edwards has improved on both, well, really, especially offensively, not as much defensively, as much as he's improved of late, um, I, I think there's a lot to talk about related to his, his, um, lack of playmaking that's that could really open up his game a little bit more and, and some of the ways that defenses have been able to slow him down a lot more of late. So I want to talk about that here in the middle of the show as well. And then we'll finish with the Wolves Kings preview. Uh, a quick reminder here off the top, you can follow Lockdown Wolves anywhere you get podcasts. That of course includes Apple as well as Google and Spotify and uh, as well as the all new brand new Odyssey app. It's A-U-D-A-C-Y, our friends at Odyssey. You can also follow on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves and also at B-Beacon. That's B-Beacon, two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Okay, so this article series on Dunking with Wolves posted Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It was a three-part series by Austin Wallert on Twitter. It's at Buck Wallert, and he is one of our writers at Dunking with Wolves. This is a really interesting study. Um, so I'll list the criteria first and we're not going to go through the whole list because he literally went through the entire franchise history, you know, 30 plus years. Um, and all I want to do is, is kind of hit the highlights, which are, you know, disappointing, I guess, but, but fascinating at the same time. So don't fast forward through this because it's, it's interesting. Believe me. Um, I was even really shocked by this as somebody who's been a lifelong Timberwolves fan and has covered the Wolves now for, for several years. Um, so the Timberwolves as an organization, or, or I should say that the criteria for this, basically he went decade by, de- decade, by decade. So 89 to 99, 2000 to, uh, to 09, and then basically 2010 until until now. Although he did not include the last two years because it's too early to really fairly rank those drafts. Um, you know, if, if we're being honest, it's too early. Um, so 
the the criteria are, are as follows: the Timberwolves player considered. So the Timberwolves draftee has to have been selected by the Wolves or traded to the Wolves on draft night. They don't have to have actually played for the team. Okay. Also, the player passed on by Minnesota has to be the very next pick, as I mentioned a minute ago. And then again, we're starting, uh, or the most recent year that he looked at was 2018. So first, let me hit the overall numbers because this is shocking. The Timberwolves have made 80 draft picks in the history of the organization. And of those 80, you could say that they made the right pick 14 times. Now, now this is obviously, you're just going to have to take my word for this, but, but based on, I mean, if you go through every draft pick, trust me, you're only going to say they made the right pick 14 times. Now, some of those were, well, really only one was a massive win, right? Kevin Garnett is the only player the Timberwolves have ever drafted to have won an MVP. And he throws all the numbers off across the board. Okay. Um, so let's, okay, let's talk about, let's first, I'm going to quickly list the 14 that were better selections than the next player. And then you'll, you'll understand where I'm going with this pretty quickly. So Doug West, Luke Longley, Howard Isley, Kevin Garnett, Rosho Nesterovich. Only one of those guys was, was a, was a game changing player in any way. And Kevin Garnett, obviously an all-star, right? Or excuse me, hall of famer. Um, and a many time all-star, uh, look at the next decade, Lauren Woods, Corey Brewer, Nikola Pekovic, Wayne Ellington, and Nemanja Bielitsa. Again, a couple of good rotation guys in there. Bielitsa Ellington still in the league. Corey Brewer just got out of the league. Pekovic was really good for a couple of years. But no, certainly no Hall of Famers, no All-Stars among that group. And look at the most recent decade, kind of the same story. Uh, you know, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Donatus Montanunis, who had a short-lived career. Uh, Zach Levine, Tyus Jones. Levine's now been an all-star. Wiggins is a decent player uh, for Golden State. Tyus Jones is a decent player. So you could say the Wolves, but but we're not talking about, I'm not taking any other all-star appearances off the table. So Garnett skews these numbers massively. Of the 14 picks that the Wolves got right, if we want to say it that way, Garnett was the one that was massively right. Levine is the only other all-star of those 14 picks. So I'm taking those off the table. So you're 80 minus 14. We're now looking at 66 picks of those picks. The players selected one selection after the Timberwolves pick play have played in 17,838 games. The players, the Timberwolves selected have played in 8,244 games. That's more than twice as many career games, which is a crude way to, to say this, but I mean, we're, we're talking the exact same number of picks, right? Because it's it's the Wolves pick and it's the pick after. Wolves picks have played in a little over 8,200 games. Picks one pick after the Wolves have played in 17,838 games. Their total total career years, 265. Total career years of Wolves picks, 145. So, I mean, there's something in there about, about the Wolves uh, culture and development in addition to, to just making the wrong pick. That's clearly part of this too. Now let's look at the accolades real quickly. This is staggering. The accolades for players picked one selection after the Timberwolves through franchise history include five MVP awards. The Timberwolves, zero. If you don't include Kevin Garnett, if you include Garnett, that's one, one MVP award. And if Jokic wins this year, that's six. All NBA team awards. There's been 30. Without Garnett, one, Carl Anthony Towns, and, and he's in. He you could put him in the category. I mean, he's had a better career than D'Angelo Russell. Remember, D'Lo was picked one pick after Carl Anthony Towns that year. He's the only Timberwolves player besides Garnett to win an all and to be on an All NBA team. 
there were thir- there have been 30 times a player picked one selection after the Timberwolves in the draft has won all in, has been an all NBA team member. 37 all-star appearances. If we include Towns, the Timberwolves have had three. Zerbiak made one. Carl Anthony Towns has made two. If we include Garnett, that number goes way up. It's still nowhere near 37 all-star appearances. Three defensive player of the year awards. The Wolves have zero. Garnett won one in Boston, not in Minnesota. 13 all-defensive team awards. The Timberwolves have one. Again, not including Garnett. And then also there's been a six-man-of-the-year six award that has been won by a player that was Montrez Harrell, who was drafted one pick after a Timberwolves selection. So, yes, taking Garnett out makes the numbers seem a lot more gaudy. However, putting him in, the Wolves are still far behind the eight ball in every single one of these categories, which, I mean, Kevin Garnett's one of the top 25 players of all time, and he's a Hall of Famer, and he still doesn't move that ledger significantly. So I, I'm not going to go through the whole article. I, I'd like, I'd love for you to go read it um, at dunkingwithwolves.com. But I'll hit a couple of highlights here. Like there's a few in the 90s that are like, ah, you know, that's not great. Like when they drafted Danielle Marshall, traded him halfway through his rookie season over Jawan Howard, one pick ahead of Jawan Howard. Not great. There were a couple other kind of marginal ones, you know, like, uh, uh, I don't know, like Paul Grant over Anthony Parker. I mean, not a huge needle mover, but, you know, it's still not great. Um, in 99, the Wolves took Wally Zerbiak over Rip Hamilton. You could argue Rip Hamilton had the better career. He certainly had a longer career. That one list was listed here because it you could certainly argue for Hamilton's career being better, but that's close. So the, you know, those aren't terrible. I mean, the nineties actually was not all that bad in terms of drafting, especially when you factor in the fact that the Wolves obviously got Kevin Arnett, right? And they ended up with Steph Marbury on draft night, although the issue there was they could have had Ray Allen, right? Um, in 2000, in the 2000s, they took Indy EB a pick before Kendrick Perkins. They took uh, OJ Mayo and traded him for Kevin Love. The Sonics drafted Russell Westbrook one pick after Mayo. Um, obviously, Johnny Flynn over Steph Curry. That's the one everybody wants to talk about. Wes Johnson over DeMarcus Cousins. Those ones are obvious. And then the more recent ones are, are really actually what's kind of fascinating. Um, and as it was happening in real time, it maybe didn't feel quite this bad. So in 2011, the Wolves got the number two pick. Remember, Cleveland hopped everybody, got to number one, took Kyrie Irving. The Wolves were number two. They picked Derek Williams. Number three was Ennis Kanter. Now, Kanter, I didn't love him as a prospect. I didn't think he was going to be great defensively. He wasn't very good early in his career, but he's been a really strong offensive center and has actually been much better the last couple of years um, defensively and on the boards than he was early in his career. And he clearly has had a better career than Derek Williams, who's been out of the league now for four years. Um, so not that the Wolves would have taken Canner because they had Kevin Love, um, who I guess, and they had Pekovic. You know, Love was mostly playing the four at that time. Um, so it's understandable why the Wolves took Derek Williams but they took Derek Williams over Ennis Kanter. 2013 is the one I want to key in on. So I'll skip it for a second. In 2014, the Timberwolves took Glenn Robinson, the third one pick before Nikola Jokic. That's an easy one to forget. And I think it's because Jokic went 41 and everybody passed on him. But it's also just really mind numbing to think that the Wolves had the 40th pick and took Glenn Robinson, who's a you know decent player. He's still in the league, bounced around a little bit. But Jokic was the 41st pick in that draft. In 2015, the Wolves 
uh, had completed a trade to trade up to get Tyus Jones. And part of that trade was dealing the number 31 pick. Montrez Harrell went number 32 to Houston. And of course, he turned into the sixth man of the year at the Clippers last year. as a big part of what the Lakers are doing this year. Um, 2016, Tom Thibodeau took Chris Dunn over Buddy Heald. I think in real time, everybody knew that was a bad pick. I wanted them to take Jamal Murray. I'm on record as saying that in writing and uh, back on the old Dunkin' with Wolves podcast. I wanted them to take Jamal Murray at four or Buddy Heald was my next choice. They didn't do either of those things. They took Chris Dunn, who is a solid backup point guard in the NBA, but I think everybody would have rather had Buddy Heald or Jamal Murray um, in a Timberwolves uniform. And either one of them probably would have been traded anyway for Jimmy Butler the next year. But at any rate, let's key in on 2013 really quickly here. And I, 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 uh, well, you know what? Let's do this first. Let's, uh, let's talk about locker room and rock auto, and then we'll hit that. And, and maybe we'll save the Anthony Edwards bit for the, for the next show. Um, so let's talk about locker room first. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations. You'll find fans just like yourself on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can find locked on hosts from across the NBA as well as the MLB and the NHL. I'll be joining the app soon, so be sure to get started. I'll meet you there. Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB, NFL, NHL, or NBA group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. I can't wait to join you all on the app, and I'll be sure to let you know once the Lockdown Wolves room is live. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Let's also talk about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person at the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have a computer with access to rockauto.com both at home and in your pocket. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Again, the prices are all reliably low and they're the exact same for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. The Lockdown Podcast Network is covering the NFL draft from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. Follow Lockdown NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast for the latest draft news. Stay tuned for more info about our live NFL draft coverage. You can listen and subscribe to that podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Okay, um, let's finish this conversation about drafting. And I'm serious, this is insane. Let's look at 2013 um, because I remember this happening. And in real time, I sat there thinking, okay, this isn't great, you know, but in Flip We Trust, there was a level of that that, well, actually, I don't know. This was, I think, his first draft taking over. And heading into it, there was a little bit of question about how this was going to go because he hadn't been in charge of the front office 
You know, he hadn't been the president of basketball operations. He was the GM under Kevin McHale, but there was a lot of questions as to how this was going to go. But as it was happening, you know, this was seen as kind of a weird draft class, not really, uh, certainly no consensus number one pick. Remember, this is the Anthony Bennett draft. So nobody knew who was going to go one. There was kind of this thought that maybe Victor Oladipo, Otto Porter, that might be your first tier in some order. And then maybe Nerlens Noel, but he had an injury and had slipped. Um, you know, there was so many of these question marks in this draft. And the Timberwolves came into it with pick number nine. And everyone was kind of flagging Contavious Caldwell-Pope as the potential pick. The Wolves needed shooting, et cetera. That's who I wanted them to take. Well, he goes to Detroit at eight, and the word is that's who Flip Saunders had wanted to draft. Um, that was something actually Jerry Zagoda said that on, on this podcast last year uh, when I had him on to talk about what if scenarios, the former Timberwolves beat writer for the Star Tribune. Jerry said the Wolves were for sure going to take KCP. Well, he's off the board. So I don't want to say Flip panicked, but he went to you know option B in his book, which was let's trade uh, pick nine for two additional picks. You know, not a bad idea. And, and the picks he got back ended up being number 14 and number 21. So that's not terrible value in a draft that's supposed to be deeper than it is strong at the top, at the top, right? And it wouldn't have been the wrong decision except for, well, and also I should say, trading Trey Burke wouldn't have been the right move either. He hasn't been a great pro. He's been better in recent years than he was early in his career, but trading Trey Burke wasn't the problem. The problem is that CJ McCollum went to Portland the next pick and he's been fantastic. Hasn't made an all-star team, but but he's done everything else. He, he uh, is a fantastic starting caliber better than starting caliber player for Portland. So he goes 10. The Timberwolves get back 14 and 21. At 14, the Wolves take Shabazz Muhammad, who goes 15. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yes, I understand that 14 teams passed on him. Technically, the Wolves passed on him twice. Giannis goes 15 to Milwaukee. Okay, what's the other pick they got? Well, they got pick number 21. Who do they take? Gorgie Jang. The following picks Mason Plumley. You could call that a draw uh, if you want to. Mason Plumley has been maybe a little bit better and is certainly better in today's modern 2021 NBA than Gorgie Jang. I think our, um, you know, Buck over at Dunking with Wolves, I believe he called that a wash on his list, um, but that's a little bit subjective. I think Plumley has been a little bit of a better player and is certainly a better fit now, but at any rate, Gorgie versus Mason. So the Wolves also had picked number 26. They ended up trading that pick. They took Andre Roberson, traded him to the Thunder. That would have been a great pick. Before the injuries, Roberson was fantastic. One of the league's best defenders, made an all-defensive team and uh, received votes for Defensive Player of the Year, I think, that season as well. They did not take Roberson. They traded the pick. Who would have been at 27 had they kept the pick? Rudy Gobert, a future Defensive Player of the Year all-star Etc. So if you count players picks that the Wolves had and traded, as well as players picked right after the picks that the Timberwolves possessed or traded for, they've missed on CJ McCollum, Giannis Attentacumpo, Mason Plumley, Andre Roberson, and Rudy Gobert. Not great. It's really easy to kind of write that one off. And I had apparently in my mind because it's like, ah, everybody passed on Giannis. Okay, sure. But I mean, the Wolves passed on him twice and they passed on CJ McCollum. And, you know, you could throw, I mean, if you want to play that game, we could go down the list and all the other guys who have been great, you know, Steven Adams, Kelly Olenek, like all these other names. And the Wolves took took Trey Burke as part of the trade for, with Utah. And then also took, another way to look at this is that Utah traded those picks to get Trey Burke. That obviously didn't work out either. And look at how much of a better position they're in now than the Timberwolves. I mean, right, the, the Utah traded 14 and 21 to move up and get Trey Burke and he wasn't good for them. So, I mean, there's there's obviously, you know, the Wolves aren't alone in their, in their drafting futility over the years, certainly. But that one to me is the one that stuck out as, huh, completely forgot that they missed in all these different places in this draft. Um, so 
anyway, head over to Dunkin' with Wolves, read that article if you have, uh, if you hadn't, and uh, if you're still interested, I guess, in, in the carnage. But um, it, it's a fascinating exercise, and uh, you can read through Buck's uh, reasoning and, and all that as well. Um, okay, so what I want to do next is I want to look at the Wolves-Kings matchup, do a quick preview for that game. I'll get to the Anthony Edwards stuff uh, later this week, because at this point, let's see how the next couple games play out against Sacramento. But I, what I do want to get to is his pass out percentage based on the numbers at B-Ball Index. I think it's a fascinating thing to look at. And basically, what I guess teasing ahead to what we'll talk about later this week, teams are just completely collapsing on Edwards in the paint because they know he's not likely to kick the ball out to a teammate. And he's either going to try and score through three or four defenders. And you may or may not get called for a foul, but he's probably not going to make the shot, right? Um and he's not going to kick it out to a teammate. And if he does, it's not like the Wolves have a ton of three-point shooters dotting around the arc as well. So Edwards is being is getting stymied at the rim more often, although he's getting to the rim more often as well, um, which is why overall his offensive numbers are improving because he's getting more free throw attempts. He's drawing more fouls. He's getting into the paint more frequently. He just isn't shooting the ball that well from inside the paint. Uh, because of all the fouls and all of the uh, all of the pressure defenses are putting on him, and that's been a mostly winning strategy for opposing defenses. So I want to dive into that deeper. Uh, you know, Wednesday and Thursday will be post game pods. So we'll probably look at this on Friday's podcast. But uh, I, I think those numbers at B Ball Index do a fantastic job of painting that picture: the pass out percentage and the the uh, potential assists um, and the kick out. You know, there's a few different stats that have to do with getting into the paint and creating for teammates. And those numbers do a really good job at, at laying out what some of the issues have been for the Wolves and for Anthony Edwards specifically of late. Um, so we'll do all that probably on Friday. Okay, um, let's talk Wolves Kings. Uh, we can look and see what Sacramento has been up to lately. They had a big win the other day, but before that, have been struggling a little bit. Um, so we'll look at all that first. Though, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA, MLB, and the NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free. To sign up, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. April 19th. That was yesterday. That was Monday through the 26th. That's next Monday. Listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaCanfora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team as well. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Okay, uh, let's let's talk about Wolves-Kings. Um, so the Wolves beat Sacramento just a little over a week ago. And uh, I'm going to pull up the uh, the box score here, but I know that the last time these two teams faced each other, both Towns, or actually Towns, Edwards, and D'Angelo Russell all had pretty good performances in the Wolves' 10-point win. This was, uh, let's see, just a couple of weeks ago here. Um, and uh, this was the fifth. So yeah, just actually two weeks ago was the last time these two teams played. And in that game, um, the Timberwolves got... 23, 13 and five out of towns, only one turnover. He was eight of 18 shooting, only attempted three threes, but he made two of them. Anthony Edwards had 19, eight and five, 
two steals. He did turn it over seven times, but he was a plus 15 in the game, made three threes, got to the free throw line seven times. They also got 25 off the bench from D'Lo, 25, five and three from D'Lo, 17 and nine off the bench from Wancho in this game. And um, this was, uh, yeah, so two weeks ago, so right after D'Lo came back and that was pretty much it. I mean, the Wolves only, Nas Reed was also in double figures, but nobody else scored more than eight points for the Wolves. And I mean, the Kings are like the one team, we talked about this pretty extensively after the game, the Kings are like the only team that you'd look at and be like, okay, they're definitely worse defensive team and they're worse rebounding team than the Wolves. So the same problems the Wolves have, only much worse. Which, by the way, I stand by, I I recognize that the Kings aren't entirely out of the playoff picture in the West. They're close to out of it, but they're not entirely out of it. The Kings are basically what I thought the Wolves would be this year, which is, a, and actually maybe even a little bit worse. They're 11 games below 500. They're really good on offense. They're 12th in offensive rating, but they're 30th in defensive rating. So 30th, 30th, the worst defense, worst in opponents points per game, really however you want to slice it. Um, but they're top 12 in offense, top 10 in pace and top, uh, they're 16th in three point shooting percentage, but they're 29th in rebounds per game. They're 30th in defensive rebounding percentage, 20th in offensive rebounding percentage. So an awful rebounding team, an awful defensive team, but an effective offensive team that can simply outscore inferior teams and occasionally get hot and outscore a good team. That's exactly what the Kings have been this year. And that's what I think that's what I know that I expected the Timberwolves to be. And I truly believe that a healthy Wolves team with no cat injury in COVID, with no D'Lo injury, with no Malik Beasley suspension and injury, all three of those guys have missed extended time, as as I'm sure listeners know. Um, the, the Wolves would have been better than 23 and 34, which is where Sacramento is. You can't tell me that this Wolves team that's that's uh, now, what, f- I guess five and five after the Clippers game with Towns and D'Lo on the floor, that they went to found a way to be to sniff the 500 mark if they'd stayed healthy all year. Cause we're not even, that's just Towns and Beasley, or excuse me, Towns and Russell together are five and five. That's not including games with Beasley, with the three of them together. And um, so that's part of the reason, side note, that I'm somewhat optimistic for next year is because I think at worst, this is a 500 team that's in the play-in, certainly conversation, probably makes the play-in uh, rounds if they stay healthy and better than the Sacramento Kings. So regardless of what you, what, you know, what the nat, what national folks want to say this Timberwolves team with Towns and Russell is a, is is a 500 team when fully healthy and, and that's still without the rest of the roster being being where it should be um at any rate the kings keep being the kings they keep doing kings things which is occasionally winning games by outscoring opponents but being terrible defensively they outscored Dallas which is another team that's all offense they beat them by 14 on Sunday and of course, Dallas is very likely going to be in the play-in. We heard Luka Doncic and Mark Cuban making noise about not liking the play-in of late. That broke a nine-game losing streak from Sacramento. So the Wolves, when they lost the Wolves, that was right in the middle of that. That was loss number four in this nine-game losing streak. They lost to some other bad kind of middling teams. They lost to Washington. They lost to New Orleans, Detroit, the Wolves. Uh, that was all part of that streak. They had split a couple with the Spurs that started the streak. Which, of course, this nine-game losing streak came on the heels of a five-game winning streak that included wins against Atlanta, Golden State, San Antonio, you know, again, kind of of middle-of-the-pack type teams. Um, But then they beat Dallas on Sunday. So they're probably feeling pretty good about themselves, and hopefully they have a similar kind of uh, undeserved sense of, as Towns called it, uh, feeling too cool about themselves coming into the game against Minnesota on Tuesday. Because... uh, 
I mean, that's what the Wolves need, right? After getting beat badly the last, uh, well, I guess they won on Friday, but three out of the last four times out against Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and then the Clippers on Sunday. Yeah, they won on Friday against Miami. Can they can they bring it now two games in a row to, against Sacramento? At worst, this should be a split, right? I mean, there's no way that the Wolves should lose both of these games in Sacramento. I think the tone later this week will be a lot different on this podcast if that happens. But with a healthy Towns and a healthy Russell, there's no reason why the Wolves can't beat the Kings once, if not twice, especially recently after the, you know after the Kings went on this massive losing streak, um, losing nine consecutive games. So, uh, I mean, again, the Kings are relatively healthy, relatively, relatively speaking, they're, they're healthy. Um, the, the Timberwolves are only missing, uh, Malik Beasley and Jalen Noel, most likely the Kings of course, haven't had Marvin Bagley for a while. And, uh, Rashawn Holmes is also out now after, after an injury just the other day. But other than that, I mean, the Kings are healthy. They've got Darren Fox out there wreaking havoc, and he's been much better than I expected him to be this year. Buddy Heald is still one of the league's premier volume three-point shooters. Tyrese Halberton uh, should be in the conversation for rookie of the year. He won't win it, but he's been one of the better all-around rookies this season. So they're still a very fun team to watch, especially offensively. Um, and, you know, for my money, Halberton's been a better player in his role than Anthony Edwards has been this year. So for whatever that's worth, I mean, I did say, you know, pre-draft, I had Halberton top five. I didn't have him ahead of Anthony Edwards. I don't think anybody would have taken Halberton one. I don't know that anyone would have had the guts to do that. And I certainly would have taken LaMelo Ball before him because I would have taken Ball ahead of Edwards as well. Um, but at any rate, Halberton's been fantastic. Um, and it's, again, it's a fun team to watch. It's all offense. Of course, they're fun to watch. Um, De'Aaron Fox is a ton of fun flying up and down the court. Halberton's fun. Um, you know, Bagley, when he was out there, was fun to watch. Bielitz is no longer on the team. They traded him to to Miami. But um, Buddy Heald, of course, when he gets hot, is fun to watch. So this, this should be an all-offense affair. Well, both of these, Tuesday and Wednesday. And the Wolves should have a legit chance to win. Um, so we'll have a post game pod, of course, following the game. It's a late game. I'll probably do the pod right afterwards. So it'll, it'll post shortly after midnight, uh, you know, early Wednesday morning following Tuesday night's game, same thing following Wednesday's game. So be sure that you are following wherever you get podcasts. So you don't miss that would be on Apple, Google, Spotify, or the all new Odyssey app. Again, A U D A C Y the all new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter. The show account is at locked on T wolves. That's locked on T Wolves. Don't forget the T, as well as at B Beacon is my account. That's B Beacon, two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right, that's all we have for you today here on the show. Thanks again for listening to Locked On Wolves, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. And uh, today's episode, again, was brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store. Find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room is changing the way that we talk sports. All right, that's it. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.